Hello and welcome to our podcast where we discuss health problems and their public health consciousness. My name is Carly Andrews and I am a student adult nurse and today I am joined by our wonderful panellists. Please can you introduce yourselves? Hi, my name is Erika. Hi, my name is Beth. Hi, my name is Michelle. Hi, my name is Sophie. In today's podcast, we are discussing the health problem, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which is commonly referred to as COPD. We will be looking at COPD through questions such as what the health problem is by myself, what has contributed to the condition by Elika, what is sustaining and exacerbating COPD by Claire, what is making it better by Michelle, what is contributing towards recovery by Sophie and what is helping to maintain wellness and the current health promotion of COPD by Courtney. And after this, we will be having an open discussion on COPD. So let us start at the beginning. What is this health condition? According to the British Lung Foundation, COPD is described as a group of lung conditions which make it difficult to empty air out of the lungs. Two long-term lung conditions that are classed as COPDs are bronchitis and emphysemia, which often occur together. These conditions narrow the airways, which make it harder to move air in and out as you breathe, and your lungs are less able to take in oxygen and get rid of carbon dioxide. So COPD in Wales has increased from 57,000 in 2008 to 117,000 known cases in 2019. So with COPD, the airways are narrowed because the lung tissue is damaged. So there is less pull on the airways. Mucus blocks part of the airway. The airway lining becomes inflamed and swollen. You are more likely to develop COPD if you are over 35 years old and are or have been a smoker or had chest problems as a child. So COPD consists of symptoms such as breathlessness during everyday activities, having a cough that lasts a long time, wheezing in cold temperatures and producing more sputum or phlegm than usual. These symptoms may be present all the time or they might appear or get worse when you have an infection or breathe in smoke or fumes. If you have COPD, that has a severe impact on your breathing. You can lose your appetite, you can lose weight and find that your ankles swell. So now that we have had a brief overview of COPD, we need to understand what causes and contributes to being diagnosed with COPD. So Elika, can you enumerate on what has contributed to the condition? Number one, respiratory conditions. People who have asthma are 12 times more likely to develop COPD. Number two, lung disease. Severe bacterial lung problems in early childhood increase the respiratory symptoms in adulthood. Number three, genetics. A small number of people have a rare types of COPD called alpha-1 deficiency, which is related to emphysema. That, that form of COPD is caused by genetic only. Number four, age, age group. Most of people are at least 14 years old and over when they are diagnosed with COPD. Five, air pollution. Indoor pollution irritates the airway. Home and outside can play a role of developing COPD. Example, mold, pollen, pet dander, wood fireplace, oil and gas heaters. Six, smoking. 
about 85 to 95% of COPD cases are caused by cigarettes and smoking. Seven, occupational exposures. Exposure to, to harmful chemicals and substances are dangerous to our health. In addition, people who previously worked or are in working in industrial areas are in constant contact with dust, cotton dust, grain dust, which can increase the chance of having lung problems and commonly COPD. Thank you, Elika. So now that we know what causes and has contributed to the rise in COPD, Claire, can you tell us what factors are sustaining and exacerbating its prevalence in society? The exacerbating factors include smoking, viral infections and acute exacerbations. Smoking can be an exacerbation due to the amount of chemicals within a cigarette, which damages the lining of the airways and the lungs. Even being exposed to secondhand smoke can cause COPD to develop. Sufferers will be prone to having flare-ups a few times a year, and especially during colder months. Acute exacerbations mean symptoms show that they are worsening even from a stable state. There are some public health schemes such as Help Me Quit campaign to provide people with free advice and help to reduce or quit smoking. If these exacerbations are viral and not being caused by a bacterial infection, the infection will not respond to antibiotics. When developing an acute exacerbation, the individual will need to be assessed at the hospital, especially if they're showing signs of something a bit more serious like cardiorespiratory failure or even sepsis. Oxygen saturations need to be measured and monitored, and oxygen should be prescribed if needed. Person-centred care should always be considered when decisions on care are being made. There are several sustaining factors. So firstly, keeping active. This will help to improve breathing. If exercise makes you breathless, keep doing it, as it will strengthen the muscles around the lungs and benefit the heart. There are pulmonary rehabilitation courses that a GP can refer patients to, and will help in many ways. A healthy diet can also be a sustaining factor because being overweight can help can have an impact on mobility and breathing. So a GP can refer to a dietitian. On the other hand, if too much weight is being lost, then the GP can supply nutritional supplements. Taking care of your emotional well-being, physical symptoms of living with a long-term condition could bring up a state of depression or anxiety, but help is available. Treatment and support can be obtained from a GP in either tablet form or you could be directed to counselling. Staying active and social, as this could be particularly important to the individual's mental health. Also joining groups with others in the same situation can be beneficial. Thank you, Claire. So that helps us understand what is keeping COPD sustained in public health. So. The discussion has really highlighted how prevalent COPD is in the public. Um, it would be interesting to hear how it is actually being improved. So, Michelle, what have you found in your research about what is making COPD better? Well, COPD is not currently able to be cured or reversed and will gradually worsen over time. But there are some things a person can do to ease the symptoms and slow down the disease progression by making some lifestyle changes, such as Medication. Most people with COPD take medicine to help with regular and occasional breathing problems. If COPD is affecting your breathing, you will usually be given an inhaler. This is a device that delivers medicine directly into your lungs as you breathe. If your symptoms are not controlled with inhalers, a doctor may recommend taking tablets or capsules as well. 
difficult in smoking. Smoking causes 80 to 90 percent of COPD cases. By, by giving up, it can slow down the progression rate of the disease and in some cases can reverse some of the symptoms, but not completely. It could also improve the body's response to treatment as well as preventing any further damage to the lungs. Keeping active. If you have COPD, being active and exercising can help you to improve your breathing, fitness and quality of life. Do not avoid activities that make you breathless. You will get less fit and out of breath more easily. By carrying out daily exercise such as walking, running or even just walking up and down the stairs. This will build the muscles in the lungs and ease the symptoms of COPD. Diet. By eating well and following a healthy diet can boost the body's immune system and improve COPD symptoms as well as general health. A person should limit their intake of simple carbohydrates such as fruits, milk and milk products. They can also be found in processed and refined sugars such as sweets, table sugar and soft drinks. Instead, should be opting for complex carb carbohydrates which are found in foods such as peas, beans, whole grains and vegetables. Also, you should be consuming 20 to 30 grams of fibre per day. Being overweight can make it harder to move around and put more pressure on the lungs. Also, being underweight can cause you to become tired and can also make you become breathless again, causing more pressure on the lungs. Environment. Many people with COPD will benefit from avoiding environment factors such as secondhand smoke, air pollution and dust as this can make COPD symptoms much worse by irritating the lungs. A person with COPD should also attempt to control any allergies that may lead them to having trouble breathing. There's breathing techniques. Um, controlled breathing will help if you get out of breath. It can relieve the symptoms of COPD. Evidence suggests that how breathless you feel does not always match up that well with the results of lung function tests and scans. This is because it is not just lung function that affects how out of breath you feel. Breathlessness is also affected by the way you breathe, your lifestyle and how you think and feel about your breathing. There are several techniques that can be used to help, such as pursed lips breathing can be used at any time to help control your breathing. This helps to empty all air out of your lungs and is particularly useful for people with COPD, as the narrowed airways can trap air in the lungs. Blow as you go helps make tasks and activities easier. Use it while you're doing something that makes you breathless. It can be used with pursed lips breathing. Pace breathing is useful when you are active, for example, walking or climbing stairs. You pace your steps to your breathing. You can use it at the same time as pursed lips breathing and blow as you go. Thank you, Michelle. That was really interesting. So Sophie, there is some overlap with what Michelle has mentioned, but could you tell us what contributes to the recovery with COPD? Yes, thank you, Carly. Although there is no current cure for COPD, there are routes that can be taken to aid in recovery. Stopping smoking is one of the best things a person can do to prevent the progression of the condition and help decrease and minimise the damage to the lungs. The British Lung Foundation finds that after 20 minutes of not smoking, a normal pulse rate will resume. After eight hours, nicotine and carbon monoxide levels in the blood falls by half and normalise after 24 hours. 72 hours after smoking, breathing is easier and there is a rise in energy levels. Within one year, blood circulation improves and lung function increases. 
and the risk of heart attack and cancer can fall by half. This shows the importance of not smoking for those who have COPD. Regular gentle exercise also plays a part in the control of COPD as it increases oxygen levels in the blood, assists with weight loss and rises in energy levels. Exercise can also increase the patient's muscle strength and aids in improved sleeping patterns. Suggested exercise would be walking, jogging, cycling, aerobics and swimming. Those in the latest stages of COPD are often offered inhalers to keep symptoms at bay. These will differ depending on how advanced the COPD is. Failing these, steroids will be offered to those experiencing more regular and severe flare-ups. COPD can also lead to infection in the lungs. If this happens, a doctor can prescribe antibiotics. However, this can only be used short term. Pulmonary rehabilitation can also be offered. This allows people to have a better understanding of their condition that will increase their own capability of managing it. Thank you, Sophie. So, so far we have looked at what is COPD, what causes and contributes to its prevalence, what makes it better and what contributes towards its recovery. So it would be interesting to know what Public Health Wales, the NHS and charities are currently doing to increase health promotion and maintaining wellness. So Courtney, can you tell us what they are doing to increase um, health promotion and maintaining wellness? Hi, yes. So the current Public Health Wales 2030 initiative looks to increase physical activity and promote healthy weight. There are many ways to allow an individual to maintain their own COPD and to be able to maintain wellness. The first key point is knowing what causes flare-ups and how to deal with them quickly to make life much easier. Exercises can have a much better effect on an individual with COPD because keeping active will allow the body to improve breathing, fitness levels and quality of life. Exercising regular can help by strengthening the muscles, which will make the person with COPD feel much better about themselves and can make them think more positively while living day to day with an illness. Exercise will also be the key to make your heart and blood pressure become healthier and will decrease the risk of de developing other illnesses. Smoking while living with COPD will only add additional lung damage. To maintain wellness of living with COPD, you can avoid triggers such as secondary smoke, so you have to remove yourself from that environment. COPD, COPD sufferers feel short of breath, and when they're exposed to fumes and unhealthy air, will decrease healthy living. Crucial factors you can do to maintain wellness and improve quality of life living with COPD is to exercise to improve, to improve your, your health. It also gives you a feeling of self-control over your body. Keeping a steady weight will improve. And also, if you improve your sleep, you will increase your energy levels throughout the day. So if you are having a bad day with your condition of COPD, then you have enough energy to get through the day. So maintaining health promotion. What is health promotion? It is the process of enabling people to increase control over their life and illness and to improve their health. The RIPPLE, which stands for Respiratory Innovation Promoting a Positive Life Experience, provides a community-based clinic to reduce social isolation and anxiety for people with severe COPD. The community clinic runs social events such as bingo and yoga, where it is attended by COPD nurses or GPs to give out free advice and answer any questions you may have. 
Participants are encouraged to learn effective self-management techniques and take part in rehabilitation activities. Due to COVID-19 pandemic, these social events are not taking place anymore and are encouraged online meetups to maintain the social events and the morale support of others in the same situation. The Ripple module is now being spread to six communities in the East and West Midlands. The, the team have engaged in wide groups of practitioners and patients with the aim of reconfiguring physicians and nursing support for people with COPD. Thank you, Courtney. So that was really insightful. It is brilliant to see how Public Health Wales, the NHS and charities are tackling the health issue um, through he public health promotion and to help encourage people to be active in their own health care and well-being. So I'd like to open the discussion to our panellists today. So out of interest, does anyone know how much COPD is costing the UK government a year? Bridge to longer foundations. Lung disease is the fourth most costly disease in the UK area. Uh, COPD costs to UK 1.9 billion each year. Wow, that's actually a lot of money for the government as well, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. So, what about deaths? Does anyone know anything about if um, COPD causes any deaths or is it a risk to life? Um, it causes around um, 25,000 deaths a year, which I was quite shocked about, really. You know, I didn't think it was quite that bad, I suppose. No, I wouldn't have thought it would be that bad either. I mean, is there any reason why it causes that much, like, you know, that many deaths a year? People who suffer from COPD, COPD don't really die from COPD. They die from sepsis because if they have a chest infection and it's not caught in time, that could turn into sepsis. Gosh, and sepsis is kind of like... Um... A form of this is an infection but it's also is it a form of blood poisoning in a way that's actually really interesting because it actually can be quite a severe condition then if it's left untreated or if it gets worse yeah it's terrible so i i actually I'm work with someone um who has copd um and they also have a learning difficulty so i was just thinking like during the discussion um especially with what courtney said so health promotion it's quite hard to promote health to someone maybe with learning difficulties because they might not understand the full impact of the disorder so i do find like even though we're telling this person okay you need to exercise you need to like do these you know breathing exercises to help your lungs and you know take your medication they they just don't really understand and i think i'm wondering if maybe helping that communication or improving that communication can help that um and maybe i don't know if it what it's like in healthcare promotion at the moment but maybe that's kind of overlooked um but yeah it's i'm not too sure it, i wonder if anyone's had like similar experiences with um communicating with other people about copd so um in my work we deal with a lot of people who have illnesses and when they don't understand what condition they have or what is affecting their day-to-day -day life, we actually play a game with them for them to understand what is going on for them. So we have like flashcards and we, we make it a game. So if they're breathing, we, we make that a game to say breathe to 10 and then we run and then breathe to 10 and run again. 
so that's just a little way how they understand what they have and to help their parents as well take some of the pressure away that's really interesting actually i, I never thought of that myself either because um the person that i support they are quite um they're older maybe like in their 60s 70s so i don't know if it, maybe it's an age um you know an age contribution there whether they are being stubborn i mean if we look at life street for example what that we're looking at for this assignment we have mrs jackson who is quite stubborn and she refuses to quit smoking because um she's done it all her life has anyone ever come in into in, any difficulties with people who are elderly and refusing to do that yeah i used to work in the community um and i used to support this lady but her husband had copd and he was always on um oxygen every time he went in he'd be on oxygen but he wouldn't go out and exercise so that probably didn't help him so he was on oxygen did he was he did he have emphysemia or anything like that do you know he had copd so he would i'd go in an evening there'd be two of us caring for her and um we'd go in an evening and he'd be on the oxygen machine every evening Right. And every morning. So it wasn't throughout the so, day or anything like that? Just the morning no, and the night? Just, yeah. And then, uh, but he wouldn't go outside the house. He'd send us to the shop if he needed anything. So he wouldn't do any exercise. He'd go to the garden maybe, but nothing major. Was he quite stubborn? Nothing stu to help. Yeah. Was he quite stubborn as well? Very stubborn. <laughs> and he was, he was over 80, so he's not going to change then, is he? Yeah, and I think it's it's difficult to like try and communicate the the reason why we're trying, you know, as as student nurses and nurses alike, if we're trying to increase health promotion, we can't just be um, saying to you have to do this. We have to encourage them and try and promote it to them as best we can, rather than forcing them into that. I mean, you can either horse the water, you can't make it drink. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's important as well to like understand that has an effect on their mental health then, doesn't it? Mm. You know, the fact that they don't want to go out. Um, family member of mine, she has COPD, never suffered from anxiety, but since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, her anxiety has skyrocketed. She's now on medication for that and absolutely terrified to go out because she knows if she catches COVID, that it's going to have a really bad effect mixed in with her COPD. Yeah. I was just going to say that like, um, a lot of health promotion at the moment in like posters in GP surgeries and um, doctor's offices and things like that, they they do say that COPD or people with no immunity, there are high risk as well as people, um, as people with respiratory diseases and things have um, a high risk, isn't it? Yeah. So, so there, there is many ways that like, um, your auntie can still engage in social activity. There are many ways you can. So, like, the Ripple is the Respiratory Innovation Promoting a Positive Life Experience, and they normally do meetups in person, but right now they're encouraging everyone to join online so that they don't feel isolated or that their anxiety doesn't get any worse. You can join groups online just to keep up, you know, spirits high and... Try and make oh, that's really good to know, Courtney. Thank you. I was actually going to um, mention like one of the. Um, I was reading something in the BMJ 
very recently or the British Medical Journal the other day and um, it, was, it was by a doctor I believe and they actually said that smoking actually doesn't have much prevalence with COPD which I found quite starking to be honest I would have thought well from what we've discussed today it actually does have a very big prevalence and um, this doctor actually says that it's mostly to do with air pollution and the environment so I can kind of understand that perspective but I definitely do think that smoking contributes to you know the increasing COPD condition and making it worse just wondering what everyone's thoughts of that was really I would I would agree with that because you are taking you know bad fumes and smoke down to your lungs yourself mm. and although it might be hard to stop smoking we should always encourage everyone to try and smoke less or to get them to realize why they are smoking I think that's an important factor. Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah, I would say because I have a family member who has COPD and they've smoked for years and years and years. She became very ill, so stopped smoking. And now she has hardly any symptoms at all of COPD. Wow. But yeah, I so, think smoking plays a big factor. Yeah, I would still say that. I, I believe that the steel works in Port Talbot do contribute to people's illnesses just because of all the fumes and the toxins that are released into the air. I think people living in Port Talbot do suffer um, more lung issues and breathing difficulties because of their area and where they live. Does anyone agree? Or Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, ha- actually having a look, in 2001, Patalba had a population of 35,633. That's a lot of people who live in Patalba and who are around the steelworks, I guess, as well. And I suppose it doesn't help for younger generations or newborn babies as well to grow up in that environment where there's such bad fumes every day. And we don't know how long it goes on for throughout the night. So yeah, it's constant. Absolutely. I was going to say as well, like... um. If we look in, when we look in Life Street, Mrs. Jackson also is from Port Talbot and her father used to work in the steelworks. So it kind of makes sense that, um, you know, it has kind of passed down to people who have worked in or worked or lived in areas where there is high uh, pollution or air pollution there, um, that they tend to get uh, COPD there. And I would like to thank you all for joining in with the discussion today and thank you to our panellists for their contribution in our discussion for this podcast. And um, thank you for listening to our podcast on COPD. We do really hope you enjoyed. So, closing remarks, thank you very much and goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.